0: Bonfire Babble recognizes that we live and record on the traditional lands of the Duwamish tribe. We honor their past and present stewardship of this beautiful land and the life-giving energy they provide. To learn more about the Duwamish people and real rent, please see the links in our show notes. Feed the fire, marry meat, dare to more than dabble. All are welcome. Welcome to Bonfire Babble. Exploring
1: magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey And I'm Detta. Welcome back,
0: everybody. Hello. So we're doing the Wheel of the Year. Heck yes. Yeah. And I want to talk a little bit about that for our new witches and our advanced witches. So for our advanced witches, this is going to be total review. Or if you're like me, you've become so immersed in your own UPG, which is your unverified personal no gnosis Gnosis. (laughs) we made a joke about how i yeah i'm a voiceover artist and i have to look up so many things about how to pronounce because i like you know want to say syllabus instead of syllable so if you've gone so deep into your own stuff and your own ritual making some of this might actually be oh yeah oh yeah that's why we do that and um, we're going to talk about some of the history of it as well heck yeah the origin stuff just very little right I
1: think that no matter how much you know or have practiced, it's always important to go back to the very basic building blocks of those things because sometimes you forget or you take things for granted. I know I do, that they're just true and instead of why they're true or why they resonate with
0: you. Yeah. You wonder how you got there sometimes. You wonder how you got here. Why, Why am I there again? Oh yeah, right. As we explore the wheel of the year, I, because you may already know, or maybe you don't know, so much of this, I had to be careful not to get upset because of how much has been appropriated by Christianity. Oofta. And I have nothing against Christianity, and I know a lot of really great Christians and stuff, but it happened, so we'll talk a little bit about that as well as we hit the wheels. Heck yeah. yeah.
1: I don't know if you can hear the incredibly beautiful wind chimes outside, but they're lovely. I
0: cannot and hear them. And they
1: are bringing a big old smile to my heart. Aww. Yeah, the Wheel of the Year... The Wheel of the Year is strange. The cool thing about the Wheel of the Year is that pretty much every holiday, as many witches as there are, there's like ways to celebrate those holidays because they're based on solar events. Mm -hmm. And so every place on this globe has solar events where the seasons change. And so every culture, every people, everywhere is going to have a different way they celebrate that, that have so many similarities, but can be as individualized as each person.
0: And that's also a really good thing to bring up now as well, witch versus Wiccan. And there are a lot of different definitions between witch and Wiccan and different ways that people practice or choose to practice. And it's just too big for this episode, but we're just getting started. So we will definitely have an episode about witch versus Wiccan. Absolutely. And a quick point, you're going to notice that
1: Detta says Sabbat, and I say Sabbath, so half of you are going to be annoyed half the time.
0: <laughs> or just will not say it anymore. Sorry about it.
1: But that's something also important to note, that if we pronounce something differently than you do, that's because there are so many different ways to pronounce so many of these holidays and so many of the deities um, associated with them. Um, so please, you know... Have a little grace, be gentle, because it might not be the same way you pronounce it.
0: So how do you pronounce "es"? bet. Yeah. I, I oh, pronounce it like that. Good, good. I don't know if that's
1: right, because like so many witches who are um, not part of a coven, I had to read that word, yeah. and so I had not heard it out loud very much.
0: And, and I listen to a ton of audiobooks because I record audiobooks, and so I have heard it a lot. So, and that's how I pronounce or try to pronounce it or remind myself to pronounce it if I'm ever going to say it out loud, which now I'm not. So I <laughs> love Sabbath. I think it sounds cool, <laughs> but I say Sabbath because I don't know.
1: I'm a metalhead. I don't know. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> let's babble a little. Well, let's babble a little bit about the, the history of the wheel itself really okay, quickly. Go for it. I think it's important to note that at its heart, It is just an annual cycle of seasons um, and seasonal festivals that consist of the chief solar events, like I said, things that have to do with the sun, the harvest, all of that stuff. Each point, each of the points, the equinoxes, the solstices, and the places in between is a point on the wheel, um, if you're wondering at all what that means. The Anglo-Saxons celebrated the solstices and equinoxes, while the Celts celebrated the seasonal changes with what are called fire festivals. Not that fire festival, but fire festivals. Um, The Gaelic Irish King of Munster, you might know the name Cormac McCarthy. He wrote, um, four great fires lighted up on the four great festivals of the Druids in February, May, August, and November. So these are very, very old practices at least in Western and Northern Europe. But over time, the two sets of holidays, the solar holidays and the festival holidays, got smushed together on one wheel, basically. And we have two people to thank for that, Gerald Gardner and Ross Nichols, who were the leaders of the Bricketwood Wood Coven and the Order of Bard's ovates, and druids, respectively. And that didn't happen until the 50s. So there wasn't a like cohesive wheel of the year until the 1950s, which I think is important to remember as you're celebrating that the practices may be ancient, but this configuration of them, it's a creation that we have collectively made together recently.
0: And I feel like I need to just say we know we are very aware of some of the stuff that's come out recently about Gerald Gardner. And yes, I agree. And if you want to learn more about that, there's actually a great podcast, and I'll find it. I can't remember who did it. Insert that is Witchy Woman Podcast about the predatory. Oh, terrific! Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, <sighs> just can't can't keep a can't good can't get away um, from it.
1: But what I love about witchcraft and Wicca and all branches of like practice, whether that's pagan, Wiccan, whatever. It is at its heart a blending of different cultures and different beliefs and different practices. And to throw back to our Get to Know Us episode, if you listen to that, we did mention like, read about stuff that isn't yours necessarily. Mm-hmm. Like, learn about as many far reaching practices as you can because you're going to see that as wildly different as they are, they're all really, really similar as well. Yeah. And that really shows up, I think, in the, in the Sabbaths and Espats
0: of the year. I just want to say that I don't think the practices are necessarily a blending, but the community is a blending. We're just going to do an introduction of, yeah, Heck um, yeah. and starting with the new year. Right. And we both do believe that Samhain is the new year, the beginning of the witch's new year. So that's where we're going. And also, shout out to the Southern Hemisphere. We know <laughs> that your uh, your stuff falls a little differently, So, but we're not doing Southern Hemisphere today. But maybe we'll do that in a future episode
1: yes. and talk about that. And in in the words of our favorite queen, just put your thing down, flip it, and reverse it, and you pretty much get the holidays of yeah. the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are starting with Samhain. Uh, which is roughly translated to summer's end. It happens between the 31st of October and the 1st of November. It's the third and final holiday of the harvest season. So there are three Mm -hmm. harvest festivals and this is the final one. It marks the beginning of winter, sort of the beginning of the year growing darker and colder and the days growing shorter. It's, directly opposite of Beltane on the wheel, which I think is fun. Um, I got very like color wheel vibes when I was studying for this today. <sighs> I was like, oh, it's complimentary. Oh, it's opposite. This is opposite of Beltane. And it's a r- important time to take stock of your supplies, whether that means your food supplies, because you live in a place where you have to store things for the year, or whether that means your internal supplies. Mm-hmm. What do you need to stock up on? What do you need to let go of? And
0: it's also really great for those kind of rituals.
1: Absolutely. It's an incredible time to set intentions for like maintenance, like self-preservation and maintenance because things are going to get colder and things are going to get darker and you need to be prepared. It's celebrated traditionally with fires and feasting. It's a really important, powerful time for divination work if you do divination. And the reason for that is that it is thought at this time of the year that the veil between the physical world and the spiritual or metaphysical or whatever you call it world is a little bit thinner, uh, which is why so many different cultures have deeply spiritual, divining... What's the word I want? Like, not mediums, but that kind of communication with spirits who are gone.
0: It's a lot of ancestral work, and I can totally attest to that over and I used to not take the day off and now I take it off from work I take the day off if before if I can and the and I teach so sometimes it's not possible but I'm I always now yeah take Samhain off because it's just too big and we do so much work that night and by we I mean my wife and me I'm not part of a coven and a lot of ancestral work and a lot of talking to the dead that night I try to take
1: the day after off yeah I do that too (laughs) traditionally my work day usually ends at like two Mm -hmm. so I have the whole evening right now I don't have a work day (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, not till the end of September whoo I like to take the next day off because I like to stay up late, and because of that, I need the next day to recover from that. Oh, yeah. Um, One fun thing from 16th century Europe that I found was called mumming and guising, which is basically when you dress up in costumes to represent souls that are gone or people who've passed, and you walk around to the village houses, Mm -hmm. like your neighbors, you basically take messages from them to the spirit
0: sounds vaguely familiar it's a little bit like trick or treating yeah, instead of little... candy you get stories oh my gosh
1: and pot possibly offerings depending on where so you much are better for you um <laughs> it falls on the first day of november is the day of the dead in mexico as a witch who is trying to tap back into my latinx roots this last year for Samhain, I combined it with a Day of the Dead ritual, made my pan de muerte, made my little ofrenda, like, tried to, I don't know, connect. Um, and it was a really amazing experience that I can't wait to try again this year.
0: And you said you baked bread. I baked bread, yeah.
1: Pan de yeah. muerte. It's bread, like, Day of the Dead bread. It's like a sweet Orange and sometimes anise like licorice oh, yeah. bread. I was eating it for like three days. It was so good. Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. Um it's really good dipped in coffee. What? If you make it too dry like I did. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love it. I had to dip it in coffee, but awesome. <gasps> um but yeah, Samhain is an incredible time for divination and spiritual work. And and if you're trying to establish a connection with yourself and your past or your family or whatever that means for you like that is the time as you're taking stock to like
0: honor and acknowledge that yeah And for some of you advanced witches out there, you may already be doing this. This is advanced. Gosh, that sounds so judgmental. I don't mean it like that at all. For those of you who've been practicing, experience, thank you. Experienced witches who've been doing this for a while and have have established a lot of those roots and grounding, which you really need. It's a really great time for ancestral healing work, which a lot of us have. And are healing those lineages and trust me, that's gonna help the future right now. And and some of you don't have that baggage. So yay. Congratulations. Yeah, I'm very happy for you. Oh, and so then you just get to commune and hang out. And that's so totally awesome. But yeah, this is this is the holiday that really adds you can do ancestral work anytime, but this one just adds a little bit of extra punch because of the thin veil.
1: Yeah. It's like the difference between looking through a totally opaque window. And only seeing shapes and Mm. like looking through a window Mm. and seeing details. It's pretty, it's pretty cool.
0: Your metaphors are awesome. I
1: am a yoga teacher. My life is trying to put my feelings into metaphors. I'm just a creative flowery language nerd. This is going to be a theme for all the holidays pretty much. Um, There's so many ways to practice and there are so many different cultural histories of Samhain. And and it's equivalent holidays, that I there's no possible way for me to be like, it started here and it comes from here. So if you're looking for that for this holiday, sorry. You're just I don't have it. It no matter your cultural background, it is a time when the veil is thin, it is a time when the fires are bright, and it is a time when you need to celebrate the bounty of your harvest while at the same time preparing for the cold and the dark. Cool.
0: Back to our Southern Hemisphere listeners, just for a moment, a little something you might not be aware of. There are a couple of, if you like if you like getting journals and books and stuff like that, that are specifically witchy that you can use in your calendar, there are a couple of people who do some really great stuff for the Northern Hemisphere that have started doing stuff for the Southern Hemisphere, and that is the witch's calendar that Llewellyn puts out. Which I love so very much. And they've actually been doing it for a long time. But there's also a tarot journal. And she is amazing. And she does a daily planner. And it's a coloring book. So if you like color, I know, right? That's so cool. If you like coloring books. I'm going to make this one of my sparks. Yes. So will put this in the yeah, show I notes. will put this in the show notes. I have started getting... She's got just these amazing coloring books and one of them is a a planner and it also just it's great so anyway that's what I wanted to say about that for the southern hemisphere witches that's out there for you as well as northern hemisphere witches
1: and that is it for me on Samhain why don't you take it away Dada with Yule awesome
0: so Yule for me was solstice. It was December twenty-first. It was also my cousin's birthday, who was born twenty-one days after me. Oh, yeah. He passed away in two thousand five, very young. And but it, so it's a special. It's it's always been a special day. And then when I started celebrating as a Wiccan, because I am a witch and Wiccan, and so I do both. So solstice and Yule are the same time. Again, I think I already talked about the appropriation of the, uh, <laughs> of the Christian holidays. Because Yule and Solstice is about the sun coming back or being reborn. What? What, what? what coincidence is there? So, And it's the shortest day of the year. No, not balance there. We're getting ready to start to welcome back the light, which I just absolutely love. And Solstice has been celebrated for over a millennia, and some resources will say over ten thousand years. It's got a Germanic Norse definition and a lot of people attribute it to a Germanic origin. It's a 12-day festival. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, I know. It also falls around the time of Saturnalia, which we will not get into. But if you're interested in more about that, there's a ton of stuff out there. And Deborah Harkness talks about it in her second book of the trilogy. uh, It's called Shadows of the Night. And she talks about it and makes it really real and does a ton of historical references in that book. It's really, really fun. So, Corey, do you have more history? I don't know that I have a
1: ton of history, but one of my favorite sort of anecdotal history things about yule about the shortest day of the year is all the myths about the practices surrounding this festival and how it was believed that if you didn't show like acknowledgement and reverence and celebration of this day the sun might never come back
0: Mm -hmm. so
1: there was like a very real feeling of the days are getting shorter and if we don't do something they might just continue to get shorter. <laughs> we'll never if,
0: see the sun again. If we don't
1: honor the sun now, it might turn its back on us and just basically later days out of here, and we'll never see it again. <laughs> and I love, I love ritual and and celebration that has that like sort of practical application. Yeah, there's something about that that I really love because the mystical is there, yes, but like. We live in a time where so much has been demystified that to remember that a lot of it is a practical, I don't want to say fear, but sometimes a fear and sometimes just a a cautionary measure to make sure that Monsieur Soleil does actually come back to us. (laughs) Um, Which is great. I love, that's one of my favorite things about Yule is because it's the darkest day of the year and sometimes we can get really bogged down in that feeling of darkness,
0: especially here in the Northwest where it's just so bleak. (laughs) It's really bleak. And there's so, so many lights. We do so many lights. So now I'll go into some personal stuff. We do so many lights all over outside the house, inside the house, and we leave them up until January 6th. It's an honoring of
1: the darkest day of the year by celebrating
0: light. Yeah. And And, and and knowing that it's trusting that it's going to come back. However, it is 2020. So who knows? So who knows? The other thing I really love about all the history, and there are so many different Origin stories for Santa Claus and St. Nicholas. And one of the ones that I ran across when doing history research is that a lot of people believe that St. Nicholas was actually inspired by Odin. But me personally, I do a Yule log, I make a Yule log, which is really great. I started getting better at making the Yule log after the Great British Baking Show. Thank you. So, <laughs> all bless, hail. bless you, Mary Berry. Yeah. And I do a ton of pine and evergreen rituals and spells around that time and do a lot of saving and wreath-making and circle-making. And I'll talk more specifically about that when we get closer to Yule this year.
1: I would love to touch on the topic of St. Nicholas for a moment. You mentioned him being based on... um, I would also like to introduce... Uh, an interpretation of the history of St. Nicholas for a moment, um, that he lived in Turkey, or what is now modern-day Turkey. And so he was not white. He was very, very brown. And uh, he has recently been re-embraced and recelebrated as brown Santa, as black Santa, I um, which black I think Santa. is important to remember. Yeah.
0: That and I think it also plays into what you said at the beginning, that... Every culture, mm-hmm. every culture has similar stories or sometimes appropriation.
1: It's how how it's re repackaged. Mm-hmm. and it's important, I think, to look at who is doing the packaging. Yes, it is mm-hmm.
0: so and again, we're just doing brief here. We'll get deep into these as we get closer. To the actual holidays. Mm -hmm. We'll provide our practices,
1: some of them we feel comfortable sharing and offer um, ideas for you to create your own celebration or even just enhance your celebration if you already have one. Yeah.
0: Rituals. And then on that note, I'm going to take us right to Imbolc. Heck yeah. So Or St. Bridget's Day. Or Breed, depending on how you pronounce it.
1: And or I'm, Candlemas. Yeah, or
0: Candlemas. I've got that there too. <laughs> Candlemas. Candlemas is a Swedish holiday. I just love the word. Where you put <laughs> candles on a tree and you light them. Sounds very dangerous these so days. Dangerous. Never would happen now. But um, uh, people did not, you know, but, but again, remember it was in the cold, cold, cold. Mm-hmm. So um, there was lots of ice and snow. And they did it outside. Well, I've seen stuff... I've seen research that it happened inside as well, but mostly it happened outside where it was really cold. So there wasn't a lot of danger because there's too much snow on the ground. I started celebrating it. It was always important to me because of Groundhog's Day. (laughs) Which now I realize, <laughs> however, but when I was a kid, this was one of my favorite holidays. Before, I, remember how I said, "Well, if you listen to the Getting to Know Us, I, I like didn't know, but I knew." And somehow, I had always celebrated Groundhog's Day, which my mom thought was really weird. Except that I loved animals. But then it became Saint Bridget's Day for me. Imbolc is mentioned in early Irish literature. There's evidence that it was also an important date in ancient times. It is believed that Imbolc originally a pagan festival was associated with the goddess Bridget. That comes from, and I know that that's a real Wiccan celebration and important day. But it's also another light festival. Like we've got the Three Harvest Festivals, we've got these light festivals and Returning of the Light, and it's the middle one. It's halfway between Yule and the Equinox. I love that. I didn't know any
1: of that. I didn't know any of that, I love that.
0: I'm a baby. I've only been practicing (laughs) for
1: a few years, so I'm kind of a baby witch. And if that word has like negative connotations for you, I apologize, feel free to call yourself whatever you want. I feel kind of like a baby witch because um, I'm learning and growing and that's what babies do. And I think that's what we should all continue to do. But as a baby witch, I've never really intentionally celebrated in bulk. And I'm so excited for spring this year, so that I can, I can hop on that no. candle train because
0: I love me some candles. Oh yeah, oh my gosh, so many, so much. I do so much candle so magic, so much candle work. Yeah, and that's I, you won't hear this because I will edit it out. I kept taking long pauses. I was like, okay, we only have so much time in this episode. <laughs> I want to say all of this, but I'm going to save it for another, another. Hold time. on to it. <laughs> Hold it tight to your heart till next so, yeah. time. So, on that note, I'm going to. Do, so, that's just a brief introduction to three of this. Three of the five holidays.
1: Three of the eight. Three of the eight. Three of the three eight. Three of the eight holidays because Corey can't do math. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Listen. <Don't>. I combined <laughs> two thoughts there and I went. Eight minus three is five. (laughs) And then that's what came out of my mouth. So don't worry about it. (laughs) It's almost lunchtime, fam. We need to eat. Yeah. But uh, we are going to pick up with the third of the light holidays Mm -hmm. uh, in our next episode where we finish out the wheel of the year. Um, We'll start with the spring equinox. Spoiler. And we'll work our way all the way up to where we currently are in the year which will be very exciting. And with the end of Candlemas in bulk Bridget's day, um, we're gonna tap out this episode. But before we go, uh, what are some things that uh, you're like jazzed on this week? What are you working on? What's new for you?
0: What's new for me is focusing more on, I got called a medium a couple of weeks ago and it's just been resonating with me in a way that I didn't expect. I've always, I've always had a little bit of connection with ghosts, and have seen and heard and talked to, but I've never been able to do it purposefully. Mm-hmm. I, I'm. It's not like here I'm going to sit down and I'm going to reach out. Except, except on uh, Samhain. I've been able to do it then, and I love that show. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> don't twist it. We <laughs> love medium. Yeah, we. I love the show Medium. So what? But yeah, and and she was a medium herself the person who said this to me and actually I'm hoping to get her on the show which would be great so that's what I'm exploring and digging a little bit deeper into about how to make that more of a practice in my meditation and make it more of a more of a practice rather than a it happens willy nilly I love that that's so exciting so cool what about you oh we gotta talk about ghosts sometime yeah that'd be great
1: I you probably hear them I am exploring my runes a little bit. I got these beautiful blue goldstone runes because at the beginning of quarantine, (laughs) not to get heavy, but ordering things kind of was the only thing that gave me serotonin. Um, (laughs) And I've always wanted a set of runes. They're stunning. And a lot of my family on my mother's side is from Ireland, Scotland, Norway area. I wanted to tap into that a little bit, and it's been really fun. It's It sort of feels like tarot, but shiny. Um, so I've been looking into that and getting really excited about that. If you looked at our Instagram, you probably saw I made that practice a little bit public just because I was so excited about it. But learning the history of the runic language, the Firth arcs, like all of the, everything, is so dense and exciting that it's been kind of uh, monopolizing my brain the last couple of days. So that's what's up with me.
0: I love that. And I love, you should go (laughs) to our Instagram because they're really pretty. Oh. (laughs) They're
1: really pretty. They're so pretty. The picture, I tried my best, but it doesn't even do them justice. They're so sparkly. They look like looking into the night sky, which is why I like them so much.
0: I love goldstone. And blue goldstone. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So let's throw up some sparks. Yeah, let's throw
1: up a little bit of sparks. Who are you listening to these days or reading or what's got your...
0: Well, I'm going to go back to what I said earlier oh, yeah? in with the, uh, and I looked her up and I know I'm going to butcher her name. I'm so sorry. It's Amy. Cesari, I think is how you say her last name. And she makes these coloring books, these oh. witch themed coloring books. So she's got a tarot one. She's got the planner, which I love because you can really set your intent if you use it. I mean, I I use way too many planners. I have a planner problem, you guys. I have two I you know, books in front of me, to so planners, I get it. Yeah. I like, yeah, and yeah. So, but she makes a coloring, a book of shadows, a wheel of the year coloring book. And so if you want to really, and she does all these beautiful pictures along with a little bit of lore, and I don't know who her lore person is. She does some of it, but she also has somebody uh, that does does it as well you can get them from her personal page or you can also get them from amazon so but a lot of (laughs) a lot of little companies use amazon and it's really helping them out and it's especially helping them out during the pandemic mixed feelings moving on so that's that's my
1: spark um i would love to send up a spark that is not necessarily magic related but has been helping me deepen my magic practice. Like I mentioned, I'm a yoga teacher. And in this pandemic, it has been difficult for me to go back to my personal practice. And instead, I've just been focusing on providing practice for others. I want to shout out Yoga with Adrian because it is not at all hyperbolic to say that that woman changed my life several years ago. I hated yoga and then my friend a friend a of mine uh, suggested I try yoga with Adrian and I fell in love. And it literally changed the course of my career and my like journey of myself and the work of untangling myself. So I want to shout out yoga with Adrian. I started her 30-day yoga challenge, the most recent one called Home. Uh, I just did day two yesterday and it has already been such an incredible gift to give myself to... Come back to my meditation practice and like really ground down. And so if moving your body is part of your meditation, I highly recommend you check out Yoga with Adrian. We'll put a little link. She's extraordinary.
0: Cannot say enough good things. Here's what's wild. 24 hours ago, I wouldn't have known what you were talking about. And my feed blew up yesterday because a friend of mine posted is, is it really true about yoga? Is anybody doing yoga with Adrienne? Is it really all the hype that it is? It and is. Oh my gosh, there her is not post blew up. <laughs> there
1: is not enough hype. To say that she changed my life is not at all a hyperbole.
0: I'm going to do it.
1: She has yoga for every level. She has yoga for every body. And at first I was nervous because she's like a tiny, skinny, like white thing. and But she is the warmest kindest gentlest most mindful person
0: that's nice
1: and she's truly getting me through this last week awesome um so i highly recommend that if moving your body is part of your practice or if you would like it
0: to be cool yeah
1: so check us out next tuesday for the last half of the wheel of the year Mm -hmm. and until then be well harm none
0: and don't forget you You are are magic magic. i was gonna let you take it (laughs) Take okay <laughs> you are magic thanks for listening to bonfire babble if you liked us please hit that subscribe button and if you are so inclined go ahead and give us a reading and let your friends know you can find us on instagram facebook and twitter at bonfire babble check out our show notes for the links and thanks for joining us